0: In this episode, I'm talking with Dominic Matica, entrepreneur, investor, professor, and chief advisor of the DMX Go. We discussed what makes conferences and trade-first relevant platforms for marketing and business success and how to make the most out of them in 2023 and beyond. If you want to learn more about how to create an engaging booth or make the most out of your DMX Go attendance, this episode is for you. The Online Marketing Cabin is brought to you by ImpSide. Europe's biggest WordPress agency. If you run a website or online shop or are in need of a WordPress or WooCommerce plugin, Impsight is your go-to agency for solutions on an enterprise scale. Hi Dominique. it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you and what keeps you busy these days? Hi Marcus. actually
1: I'm uh, superb to be honest. I'm feeling very well. There is a billion of things that actually keep me busy um, but the busyness in my professional life actually makes me happy as well, which is a little bit contradictory, but I'm well, children are healthy, wife is almost healthy, we're having a birthday party uh, on the weekend, the weather's awesome, sun is shining, so appreciating the little things in life.
0: Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um and that's how, how I know you being always busy having multiple mm-hmm. ideas floating around and yeah. Is it a kid's birthday on the weekend? Those are particularly No, it's hard.
1: actually my wife's birthday. Okay. I've been told that she shouldn't mention women's ages. Uh, but no, I'm,
0: we don't talk about that. But I've been told by
1: one that uh, you know flipping numbers actually when turning forty um, is a great thing. So forty one is the new fourteen, forty two is the new twenty-four and stuff like that. So i um, not going to not going to tell
0: you her real age. No, no, no. But enjoy the party sounds like it, no. like a good setting on the weekend. Um, on your professional life, we have something coming up in September and we actually waited with that recording, with this recording of a podcast until it is released. Um, the DMX go is coming up in September this year in Cologne, as always. Um, what is the topic or the motto of this year? Um,
1: the motto is empowering a digital creativity, right? So digital creativity means using data to to basically inform, inspire creative decisions, such as in the field of marketing, of course, but also in advertising and product design, and it it sort of involves combining you know insights um, gained from data analysis, which is huge these days, especially with um, Gen AI. But it also involves you know combining those insights and um, yet yeah, combining them with creative thinking in general to, to to be able to create new and effective ways on how to engage with audiences on how to communicate ideas uh well how to solve problems right so it's on one hand side it's data you know from a variety of sources customer behavior market trends social media metrics uh you know, it's pattern identification, it's insights that basically can inform you about new creative strategies. And uh, we believe that digital creativity is becoming increasingly important, especially in today's digital landscape, you know. Um, so we kind of put the focus to empower people, you know, to, um, you know, get real life examples out of that. So, um, they basically get back a little bit of authority or power, you know, to uh, make usage of data in terms of creativity. I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Um, I mean, we had a couple of conversations in that podcast this year about artificial intelligence, about data, and that, like, the worth of data, like, what's it worth, uh, or... worth of content if you have everything available for cheap money and every information is available with just a few clicks and you can collect data you can put it together what's this making the difference um of for success or even for quality and that is always like the creative spark you put as a human in where our uh, rare data or ai driven um content is just not powerful enough it's cheaply available but you need creativity to to really push it forward um so um that's an awesome topic for this year i think before we dive more into this year's dmx go um i'm, I'm particularly interested in how to get the most of that um uh, trade fair in september but before we dive more into that i would uh, like to play a game with you called two truths mm. one lie uh we always do that to. Ah. To give your to give our audience a little bit more insight in who you are as a person, Mm -hmm. so um, have you prepared three little facts uh, uh, for me? Yes, I did. Um, Yeah, I did. (laughs) Let's put it this way:
1: I'm just trying to be, you know, uh, as natural as possible, so you don't kind of get to know
0: which ones is uh, true and uh, which one is a lie. I'm very bad at the game, so uh, don't feel pressured here.
1: Yeah, so should, should I just, uh, yeah. my three uh, Dominic facts? Okay, yeah. so first one would be that I've sold my first company at the age of 30. And sort of as a reward to myself for, for being successful in that particular path, or on that particular path of you know, building, selling, growing companies, I always go to a hairdresser and ever since i've kept this ritual so if i'm successful i get a new haircut so every time you see me in the future you should always pay attention to the length of my hair and then you'll basically know um uh, how it looks on my success path right and i've been told actually um, ice hockey players do that uh, with their bears in the playoffs as well that will be the first truth the second truth would be: um, back in the days, I was in a plane to uh, to the East Coast with my good old friend Ruben Dresselhout, and we had this idea of uh, a joint early stage fund that was basically uh, missing in the market when we met in two thousand sixteen and not fifteen and discussed that idea, and we were. We, we actually agreed on, on many things in that, but we were discussing what the brand name of the fund should be, right? And um, in the app, there was this movie running Rio Grande with Joe Wayne. I don't know if you, if you know it, but it's a very famous movie. and was on the screens in front of us. And that's how the name Calgary Ventures actually, um, well, came to, came to birth. And the last truth is, as some of you guys know, uh, some probably don't, fitness and sports were... Always very important to me to sort of balance my mental work. So I practice a lot of sports also outside in the summer. Um, But I'm I'm, I'm now relocated from Berlin to to the Taunus region. Both regions are actually quite dark and ugly in winter times. So I prefer to do sports indoors. And in the basement of my house, I've built a gym. And I think it's pretty cool. And I give it a name. Uh, It's called Tiger Cage. That was my wife actually calls me Tiger, <laughs> I was <inside> <laughs> Don't ask me why I have no idea on the origin of her doing that but um yeah that's the true facts
0: uh, I think we're gonna uh... yeah they're they're very good I mean I uh, in preparation of this podcast uh, I, I followed you extensively uh, especially on LinkedIn which is a recommendation on anybody hearing that right now or seeing that on YouTube um Dominic is also very active uh, on LinkedIn posting on various different topics uh also um DMX related and if you want to prepare a little bit for it uh go to LinkedIn and follow him uh it's really worth it so I have some ideas but they are all pretty uh, seem pretty valid at this point let's see uh if by the end of the episode I have some ideas which is well I as I told I'm very, very uh, bad at it uh, so usually uh, you have a high chance of me missing your line um okay thank you very much uh so what i would be interested in before going on dmexico dmexico and and what uh, how exhibitors or attendees can make the most out of it and have a successful experience there i would like to hear a little bit of your story um how you became um the person you are today. Um, I mean, the, the the tiger cage maybe had some influence, <laughs> but uh, no, just yeah. kidding. But I mean, you are, um, people have to know, um, you are chief advisor for DMX Go. Um, maybe you can explain what you're doing as a uh, chief advisor because that role is, for example, for me, not very uh, yeah. known. Um, but also you have founded a, lo- a couple of companies. Yeah. Uh, one we met in uh, called Plista, which you sold, um, and have a lot uh, in your life happening. So, um, what were the most important steps in your career to to become who you are today?
1: Well, that's a good question, and it's like you know, I don't want to uh, you know summarize my my, my CV, uh, but I'd say taking a look back at my life, I would say there's like three. Th- next to my academic studies, there was like three basic buckets in life, right? So I I do see myself, well, I am a serial entrepreneur, an advisor, an investor. I do found, I do try to scale, of course, and then exit different companies in different areas. I sit on many advisory boards of technology companies, smaller ones, bigger ones. I do uh, run a venture capital fund, uh, 60, 70 investments in that. Um, so there's a lot of things I do, but when you, nail it down to how the whole story started i'd say it was when i finished my university back like in 2005 where i've started um but well, i would summarize the period of like building and running companies right so in this period i was primarily focused on building and scaling my own companies You know, of course one of the key focus uh was was Plista, um that i then sold in a very structured process in 2013 or end of 2012 to WPP right uh, next to that. I was forced by my parents sort of positively speaking to do a PhD, which eventually turned out to be very important for some other steps in my professional life. So after like 214 you know, the next, the next five or so years were about, you know, building funds and taking on selected advisories. So I've exited most of my companies. I had founded a couple of ones. And then I've redirected sort of my focus to yeah, wealth management, to investment. So I was selectively advising startups um, such as Intermate Group, that we then eventually led to a very successful exit. And I was also advising, I'm still advising private equity funds, uh, which then asked me to become a board member, which I then become for various portfolio companies. And opportunistically, I also become a co-founder or a founding investor. To a company um, aside of that bringing in knowledge network scale commercialization business development um, experience and stuff like that and in between this period of those five years i think it must be around 2018 until today you can say i'm more or less you know trying to leverage my network to provide advisory and professorship uh, to the people i know or hopefully get to know so in 2017 i i took over de mexico as their chief advisor uh, to be frankly honest in very difficult times so i was very much focused on uh primarily focused on i don't want to say restructuring or change management but it was a very full-time role for almost, for, for almost two years uh where we had to you know reposition de mexico um quite heavily and 2000 20 good old friend of mine or long-term friend of mine, you know, called me up and said, hey, listen, I'm about to, you know, I've just founded a university, you know, Fachhochschule, University of Applied Science. And uh, I do remember you have a PhD, right? I was like, yes. So would you like to become a professor? And I was like, no, (laughs) not my cup of tea. Uh, But he kept pushing me and, you know, tried to, we we, we conjointly tried to elaborate what the advantages were. Especially for giving back a little bit, you know, knowledge, experience making, preparing the new generation, you know, for, for, for the future jobs in a more profound, more pragmatic, more practical, more experience driven way. And this is why I took over a professorship in postum as well, which, you know, occupies me like a day, a week. Um, and, uh, yeah, aside of that, I'm, um, you know, I was offered, um, multiple advisory seats in, in companies where I'm basically Leveraging my network, leveraging leveraging my expertise, and uh, trying to grow the companies. So, um, I wouldn't say on the sideline, but of course not in the most active position, you know. And next to that, you know, I'm running tons of different other projects, which I'd like to call them. I'm a very idea-driven person, so every time I have an idea, no matter to what extent, I'm just like trying to solve it. Um, so problem. You know, ID validation and problem solving uh, its one of my, I'd
0: say, passions.
1: Yeah. Does thank you for that. Question or should I?
0: <laughs> no, thank you for that explanation. I think um, I followed uh, when you have been announced uh, as chief advisor for the DMX Go uh, 2017. Yeah, you, you said, I think it was. We were actually exhibitors. Yeah in that in that uh, mm-hmm. startup valley by the BV DW yeah. with our little startup back then and it was announced like dominic Matika uh, matica is is, uh, bec- is becoming chief advisor and that was a great move it was like okay that announcement is big there's some change to come here um and i only knew you as a businessman man as a ceo back then but um what you tell about networking and knowledge sharing mm-hmm. um, uh, to us right now is basically for me the essence of what you're doing at the chief advisor of the DMXco. i mean all in business is about building a network sharing knowledge Sharing ideas, seeing connections to other companies or players in the market, yeah. and and going forward being successful together, right? So well
1: it sounds so easy,
0: right? And I'd say the it essence, sounds easy if you say it. Uh, like the, the essence
1: of of many things is probably not the network, but the fruitful outcome of the connection that you've made. So it's more about the why do you network? It's not about the networking per se right Um, so the golden circle is structured a little bit differently if you like to say so but um, in the end of the day it's my role within the maxwell's chief advisor is not necessarily just about networking you know it's a lot about you know corporate strategic business development long-term strategy uh, formulations especially in the context that i'm advising them only so i'm not in the operating driver's seat you know there's a couple of restrictions we can't overcome But I'd say I'm like a cross-functional sparing partner, you know, for for the a board, advising them on digital strategies. And I did that also throughout the organization, right? So um, it's it's, it's sort of a leadership position uh, on a sideline, right? So you're trying to give your experience when it came to, you know, repositioning the brand, communication strategy, setting new agendas. But it was also about, you know, process optimization, when we started to implement new crucial technologies, you know, uh, our CRM, PMs, data strategies, stuff like that, you know, and uh, we did also digitalize the event as you, as you know, because we, unfortunately, like all of us run into Corona. So we had to, you know, conceptualize, implement and roll out a digital platform that we've developed from scratch. Right? So there was basically those operative steps. And now it's a lot about, you know, establishing global partnerships with brands, with other events, you know, with other key core partners, such as W3, which is uh, one of our newer partners in the process. It's also providing access, you know, to to my, on the one hand side my extensive network, you know, C-level speakers, exhibitors. You know, representing the Mexico in media, in PR. You know, um, the German word could also be "Impulsgeber," yeah? um, which is a very fruitful job. But on the other hand, you know, as a CEO of a company, like or a managing director or a founder, you know, you're always also in the um, in the position where, ha- where you we need to take responsibility on the executions um, that, that that you made. Whereas being a advisor or a board member, you know, you just try to be a great sparing partner. So you always try to you know provide insights and experiences that you've gained, but you can't force somebody to do something. Right. So um, it's sort of also a very communicative uh, diplomatic kind of position
0: as well. I can imagine that's a great uh or a big challenge um especially when you're used to like just pull a decision take responsibility yeah. for it nevertheless the outcome but but uh you're not in a position like that i understand it uh, now what would you say what was your biggest challenge uh, from 2017 on maybe excluding uh covid because that un challenge Lee is uh, one of the gr- biggest challenge uh, you had to overcome uh, as conference, but like in navigating the DMXco the as digital or as digital marketing exposition and I think the biggest digital marketing exposition in Europe uh, into where it is today and transforming it uh, or making it ready for the future.
1: You know, there's many, many things and I think staying agile Listening to to your customers, to trends, evolving as a big, huge ship, you know, with uh, limited resources, like everyone. That's far through everything I do. Always the biggest challenge, but the Mexico is not what it is because uh, you know, or the Mexico is what it is because we've always strived to make it a relevant event, you know, a relevant business event. So when people ask me, is it the biggest one? What is big in terms of what KPI? In terms of attendees, in terms of partners, how do you define a partner? You know, is the the foodstead a partner? No, it's not. Uh, For us, it's really exhibitors. So people that showcase their own solution, services, technologies. Um, And I always like to say, if you want to make your business successfully, basically come to to Cologne in September, right? Because we do see ourselves as the central place in Europe for all important decision makers, you know, from the digital economy, from the digital marketing economy and size. You know, it's not always about the size of the boat, right? If you can't steer it, uh, then it will sink, right? Or putting it in an event context, it won't provide the, you know, necessary output or ROI to your customers. Right. So. Um there would probably this is what I see as you know my biggest challenge, you know, trying to make sure to understand what people are looking for. And events, you know, they've changed a lot over the last years. There was a huge trend on in-housing events, with huge corporates, there was a huge trend on you know festivals, there was a huge trend on smaller niche events, um, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So all kinds of events that they were have changed you know but what remained, you know always the most profound and long-term you know strategy for most companies is just to you know attend events that provide an ROI, especially in you know recession driven times like we are these days you know so you need to you know we, mark zuckerberg is always speaking about profitable growth or if in the year of efficiency or the decade of efficiency You know, and what does efficiency mean? Efficiency means that you just participate, you know, in marketing activities, such as an event, if you believe that this event, uh, you know, provides value out for you. And this is what we're basically trying to do, you know, creating a marketplace where we uh, also want our attendees and our participants, you know, find out about most of the newest digital trends, get to know new platforms, new business models new players you know uh so it's all about sort of that bucket.
0: and i think you uh the whole team of the dmx go did great in um keeping that core of a brand strong like having Mm -hmm. a marketplace having an event where business focus and decision makers or like people that at least have an influence on decision makers uh have a really strong um yeah event to go to attend to connect with um we have seen i share that what you what you told us like we have seen a lot of events coming up becoming bigger louder Mm. more to the masses where i it's a totally personal opinion and i like these events also but for entertaining purpose um and i Mm. see a lot of um, conversations on social media where people complain that certain events are too full, too loud, and don't provide actually the value that was promised. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, the DMXCO always had that brand where business is on the purpose. Uh, is is like in the core and in the foreground, but you also have fun like there are also it's also a very fun event where you have good conversations and uh, good parties at the end of the day and and uh, have both of the best of both worlds having, know, a, having a good business event people just need to understand
1: that there is no one platform one company one app one everything fits all but especially when it comes to events you know there's so many Personas or sub-audiences with different needs that we, we of course, would love to fulfill everyone, right? And I do take the comments and feedback, you know, on age structures, on experience level, you know, on orientation, on content quality, on whatsoever, very seriously, you know, because the companies evolve as well, right? So you can't just place something in the market and just like continue... With with that offering forever, you know. So we do measure a lot. So just to give you you know an idea, as compared to last year, we had a hundred percent, almost a hundred percent of uh, pre bookings, early bird applications, more than in two thousand twenty. Right, we now are already hitting hundreds of exhibitors that signed up. Right, we do have companies that. It, where it took us eventually, like, you know, ever since I took over, you know, to get them back on the, on the, on the floor. Right. So it's a process, right? It's a process of listening. It's a process of, you know, providing, providing also new products towards them. Right. And, um, it's not as easy as it sounds. So I do wish all event organizers the best of luck. You know, there is room for so many more. Um, you just need to know what your expectation management is right so i'm not going to south by southwest to do business for instance right, right? Um, i'm doing going to Cannes Lions not to meet french people not to meet us people but right? stuff like that it's uh, each event has its you know uh, existence or um, allowance yeah? and you just need to know that and manage your
0: expectations around that very generic question, but what can exhibitors do to get the most out of uh, this year's DMX go if they have a booth uh, and are uh, attending like what how what expectations should they had on maybe generating leads or building connections or engagement on the booth or um, talks, social media activities, whatever? Uh, what's a, some general tips if you if you are exhibiting maybe the first time?
1: Well, if you're exhibiting the first time, I'd say having a booth is crucial, you know, uh, but preparation is key, right? So the the most important in all events, you know, I don't want to be too black-white, but I would say the majority of companies that attend events, you know, need to make sure that they do prepare for that event, you know, they just don't come, have their booth, place with people on that and wait for people passing by. Of course, there's also people passing by and serendipity, like you'll have a discussion or, or a connection made uh, that eventually turns out to be very, you know, successful or, um, or return um, orientated. But I do believe, and that's my experience from, you know, many years of exhibiting myself. Or having you know dozens of companies I'm invested in exhibiting, if you prepare accordingly, you know, then your ROI will boost. And we do for that reason also have a um, an app, if you like to say so, mobile app and a web app, you know, where all ticket holders, all attendees are being incrementally, you know, onboarded in into that um, each company. You know, they run their own CRMs, they run their own campaigns. So, inviting people on talks is crucial. Then, I'm a huge fan of, you know, master classes. Uh, we do also run hundreds, you know, so being able to inform yourself about the topic of general interest and then deep diving into a conversation with those people that uh, were running the master class. It's also a very great opportunity to start, you know, a business conversation. And aside of that, I think those times, you know, the bigger the booth, the bigger the lounge, coffee area, those times are over. And I'm I'm actually quite happy that they are over, you know, because it's not about, you know, showcasting how big your booth is. It's not about, you know, uh, trying to grab attention by booth sites. It's trying to grab attention by relevance. You know, and relevance you just get if you have a great user or customer-centric business you know that positions itself well in a competitive landscape and provides USPs towards your customers as compared to others. Um, and it's also good that we don't you know exaggerate on on, on big booths anymore because it's not CO2 uh, well, conform, I'd say, right? So the more efficient, you know, the booth goes, the better it is. On the contrary, you know, people like, you know, big booths. People like shiny, glossy, lightning kind of, uh, you know, yeah, booths if you like to say so. So I do always, you know, confront people and customers and tell them, hey, why don't you try to combine both of both worlds and try to create an experience, ideally an experience that you know, transports your values, your mission, your, your, your service offering, you know. So just to give you a very easy example, so Mobility, right, which is marketplace for, for used cars, they had a scooter park built last year at the which was an experience, but people instantly related, you know, that experience to Day or vice versa. Right. So it was kind of cool to see that uh, how, how companies think and try to, you know, bring relevancy through experiences um, onto the floor. Right. Um, when it comes to content, I'm a huge fan of not overselling, you know, because if you sell too heavily, um, people probably might not, you know, trust you or like it. So bring in clients to make them telling how great you are. Is definitely a great way on on how it works. And aside of that, you know, just pinging me, you know, explaining me your needs. Is it more, are you a new brand coming into the market? You know, do you have a new product that you launched? Have you conducted a study with relevant insights for the industry? Uh, Do you have a new CEO that gets to know, you know, agencies, brands, and other players in the market? What is your truth? You know, ultimate goal, you know, and being a little bit more concrete that I want to make money. Uh, I want to have business meetings. So what kind of business meetings? What should be the outputs? You know, those times where people meet and buy something on the ground are over. Probably they've never been there, to be frankly honest, you know. So it's, uh, it's a step where you, well, you, you, you intensify the relationship with the people that you're meeting. It's one step in your sales funnel, a very personal and intense one. That's why personal events and personal connections are so so highly valued because if you, you know, meet somebody in a real-life context, you know, then you see, is he looking in my eyes? You know, is he sweating? Is he nervous? Is he in a good shape, in a good mood? You know, um, how is the, you know, interpersonal tension between those two parties? which is very hard to, you know, figure out on um, on the internet or through a video. And that's the huge advantage of um,
0: of, of uh, events. Yeah, Very extensive uh, uh, answer on the question of how exhibitors can make the most uh, out mm. of the DMX go this year, or in general, attending uh, events and trade fairs wow. and exhibitions i was exhibitor a couple of times in my life uh, and with various companies i worked in and i absolutely share uh, your point of view especially in preparing the event and uh, making meetings beforehand or reaching out to people that you find interesting and think beforehand what is the shared topic we have like not not writing them in the in the dating app events are offering. Yeah. Uh, hey, I want to sell you something, but think yeah. of how can I approach that person in a way that it provides value to that person. So sharing some insight that I have in business, and I think that it's valuable for them. Might it be a survey? Might it be a case study I have? Might it be a client I want to introduce or um, something like that? You always have to think of what is the value that I can provide to other people. Yeah. And... Um, especially working in a 100% remote company uh, in a very remote industry, um, I can I also definitely share your opinion on meeting in person is incredibly valuable um, and to see and build a connection and a relationship <coughs> with people you maybe work work together with remotely. Might it be clients? Might it be colleagues? Might it be competitors? Even? Meeting the people and build a personal relationship is something we cannot exchange through digital tools. And personal events will always have uh, a reason for that. Um, I also like big booths. Uh, I cannot lie on that. Like I see, like uh, I really like what you're saying. Like creating an experience uh, which people will not forget. Like the the mobile example you told. Um, it definitely shows also the the market position a company has like i mean everybody can write on the website we are market leading in xyz that's That's easy Ah, we are revolutionizing industry blah 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 but showing it with a with a nice booth bringing a lot of knowledgeable people in the booth um all, all the employees of the company um let them explain the products the features whatever you're building um, and just create a good experience for people where where your jaw drops. That's always what, what I'm interested in when I walk about uh, through, through conferences. It's like, really, I go booth by booth, take photos. As a marketer, that's my thing. Uh, because uh, I know someday I will have to do a booth again. And I will want to be prepared for that moment. So I'm really scanning who's doing what and who's who's going big. Because that's, that's just a nice thing if you can. But, of course, sustainability is something you have to think of. Um, but I think there are good it's ways the, to do it.
1: You know, I do even see an analogy on a parallel to, you know, the um, income gap discussions that we are having. in. Uh, on the other hand side, the rich become richer, the poor become poorer. You know, um, and if you transport that to to booths, I think it's we as the Mexico, we're just a facilitator, you know. So we just give you an experience with, you know, best networking, (coughs) with relevant speakers, uh, with, you know, important market developments. We try to provide you orientation, et cetera. Whatever you do on the ground is very much in the obligation of the partners. And I think it's a little bit unfair sometimes because if you are already a big company with a lot of budget, you know, you can present yourself, you know, in a big way. And sometimes this little great, you know, company with its great products and services, you know, they just need to find ways, you know, uh how to still, you know, become successful, become seen. You know, that, 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 that's a pity thing that those small companies actually sometimes, uh, you know, I mean, it's like a startup. And I've been told a very, well, it's a very drastic metaphor, you know. A startup usually comes with a knife to a shooting, you know, and... That's why they have to find out, they have to analyze the situation better. They have to be aware of, you know, the audience, the, the framework in a way that allows them, you know, to transform this knife into a bayonet, right? Because they just can't afford the knife, right? So um, I know in the context of the Ukraine war, which is awful, you know, it's probably not the best analogy, but it kind of, been,
0: and you know, very... It's a term widely used, like bringing a knife to a gunfight is, Gun. uh, is yeah. nothing to so worry that, about.
1: that pretty much explains, you know, also the setup on uh, on big conferences and big trade shows. Yeah. Here's like the market leaders, the top five, back in the days, the GAFA's, you know, that are going huge. And there's the others that have gone small. And if we manage by introducing new products or new new experiences, if we manage to balance that out a little bit, you know, it's, it's good for, for everybody, actually.
0: Yeah. And, and I think there are some offers. So if if uh, startup uh, founders or marketing people are listening, there are definitely some um, some programs you can research uh, for DMX or others. Like there is a startup valley, is it called, I think. Uh, there are also uh, platforms for agencies where you don't have to compete or don't need that big budget and have some... Uh, some substitution to to make it possible. To, it's my relative, time. you know. So right. it's uh, uh,
1: even, a, you know, there's there's conferences at trade shows in the world where they come up with pricing tags on, you know, on, on their exped- expeditions where I'm just like, well, who is paying for that? right But in the end of the day, it's not about the price tag. It's about the ROI that you get out of it. Right. So, what do you expect in terms of the amount of meetings, the quality of meetings, the amount of leads or touch points or awareness, you know, post-event uh, media, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So, ideally, you do have a framework for yourself, a you know, little easy calculation where you can justify the amount of investment into any channel, and events are just like one channel. The uh, mexico and it's now 14th year, has the advantage of being a platform where you, you know, have a higher probability of, you know, being successful due to, you know, its history and due to the fact that there are so many people that also add that sort of community. So it's sort of a homecoming for many people every year. And if you try to find somebody who's been, you know, going to D-Mexico, exhibiting with us for many years it's always a very good way to be shown around and to be introduced
0: into this, you know, um, yeah, event setting. Mm. Um, You also talked uh, about this year as year of recession, or Mm. you mentioned the recession we are currently in. Um, What is your outlook on the the broader digital marketing landscape Like on a, in general I mean yeah and in in, in, uh, in in general as investor or as uh, as chief advisor of the DMXco how how things are going this year um, are companies still spending the budget to exhibit big or is everything going a little bit smaller are is there confidence in the market in the business um, because for example I see a lot of recession talks in the media but working in digital agencies our our books are pretty filled and we see we all of course observe that conversation but um we're just not as feeling it as it is described in media oftentimes
1: so i'm a little bit surprised or overwhelmed or biased you know because on the on the one side we do have this you know almost never ending ukraine war which I, you know, personally hope uh, will end uh, with a win for the Ukrainians very, very soon. We have on the other hand side, we have inflation, you know, we have the Fed and the ECB raising, uh, you know, their interest. We have a shortage on skilled workers still, you know, some people say AI might solve that problem a little bit. We do have faltering supply chains, you know, there's a looming recession in the USA, there is mass layoffs, you know, um, et cetera, etc. So we do have those, I'd say, rather difficult market conditions, you know, that sort of make it necessary also, you know, to be particularly carefully with investments made and focus on the ones that do generate ROI. On the other hand side, Though all those you know shit facts <laughs> are not represented, neither in the public markets. Huh? So, my stocks, your stocks, probably everybody's stocks is going up. You know, there is no true hits. You know the tech titles recovered in a way. Where, when you take a look at Nvidia, it's like crazy. You could say completely overpriced on the one hand side, but then AI kind of compensates that. You know the bookings that we received as the Mexico. Are skyrocketing as well. You know the, the 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 industrial reports that you get to see are also great. You know the companies that I'm invested in, especially ones also in the, let's say in the marketing media tech, tech, tech field, um, are also doing phenomenally well. You know, so it's it's a little bit bizarre because we should have been already hit way harder. Somebody explained it to me. With one logical answer that might be one piece of a more holistic global answer, he said during COVID, people were just you know saving money because they didn't have any possibility to spend it. No vacation, no restaurants, no, 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 nothing. Why to buy new a new shirt when you're not going out, right? So this savings were now being used, you know, despite we had an inflation, right? So It's an overspend from savings of the last two years that is now going to end, which evidentially from a logical perspective, you know, when recession or when inflation doesn't go down, which means that consumption is going to get down. And we see consumption going down in a lot of areas already quite heavily, you know. So it's a very binary view that I have, you know, um, I, I'm 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 very lucky that I'm not as much affected, you know, by those negative macroeconomic factors, um, and I don't see actually to become affected. To be frankly honest, not as much as what I would have, you know, seen an effect on on my businesses. Let's say four months ago, the first four months of this year, to my feeling and my experience have been way more drastic than
0: the last let's say two three months yeah i uh i I can uh, support that i saw that i think in may doors opened for a lot of opportunities again where it was a bit hesitant from from January to April um where everybody was like observing how's the year going and then suddenly in may like globally every company decided okay no uh let's invest now because we want to have our projects happen yeah. uh by the end of the year and now's uh now's the time so i i absolutely share that and i talked with a lot of other uh agency owners or business people in in our branch about that and everybody was like in may something changed um yeah. th- that's particularly interesting I mean,
1: i'm more you know i've always been and always gonna be a more optimistic person. Yep. You have to be as entrepreneur, right? Um, yes, you do have to be, but you know, realistic optimism, I would say, it's the way to go. Mm-hmm. But you know, acknowledging and accepting and manoeuvring through a dynamic, you know, um, environment is probably the strategy that most companies apply these days. Uh, which also provides me, you know, this, you know, today I'm, you know, telling you this is going to be. Happening, whereas tomorrow I might have a slightly distinct answer on something that was perceived, especially by me, due to my personal experiences differently yesterday. So there's a huge volatility, a huge dynamic movement in everything in, you know, in, in stock and feelings and, you know, company decisions. Uh, it, it takes a little longer, but I remain very positive, you know, that um digitalization is the key solution to many of our problems i believe very much you know obsessed by the fact that e-mexico is one of the greatest platforms to provide you know a piece of a piece of the puzzle um as a solution to networking to bringing people together to matchmaking to empowering people to do business you know might sound very simple but it's not you know so um you know trying to live off the enthusiasm of the market and you know trying to uh you know significantly work on elaborating or not elaborating on 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 increasing their
0: rois that's my job awesome uh final statement for this episode um i learned a lot uh and i hope every every listener or viewer uh learned a lot thank you dominic very much for highlighting uh what is happening on the dmx go uh this year and also why it is uh still a relevant uh, a relevant um um, marketing activity to attend events in general not particularly the dmx go Uh, But in general, having in-person meetings and having that building that business relations and networks with other people and other companies is very, very crucial and something which we will ever need. And I'm personally looking forward to attend in September. Maybe we can shake hands personally there. Um I hope so yeah. <laughs> yes maybe but let's see if I can catch you on the floor. Um before we end this episode we still have to find out the lie you told ah, me. Sure, i thought, I've yeah.
1: forgot about that.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah sure that's that's always the case. So can you recap your free statements your free Dominic statements? Yes so the one was with my ritual
1: so I always get a haircut uh when I turn a business to become very successful like an exit. Mhm. The second one was the brand name Cavalry Ventures came to birth when uh, my co-founder Ruven and me were uh, were in an airplane and watching uh, Rio Grunge with John Wayne, and the last is that I've named my um, well basement gym in my house uh, Tiger
0: Cage. So, let me walk through that uh, a, a bit. Your hairs are pretty long right now. Yeah, so um, I, have,
1: I, I had three exits in America, but then
0: <laughs> the repression
1: hit, so I had to postpone them. For yeah, yeah
0: uh, you have really fast-growing hair. Then you're, you're too successful for that hair length. But, um, it, but I know your uh, your investment fund is called Cavalry Ventures, so that makes also sense. The gym. It's I I think your wife calls you Tiger Uh, who's calling it Tiger Jim you Tiger Cage you or your wife you're calling it Tiger Jim well I have a big uh, Tiger Cage cage. yeah Tiger Cage Tiger Cage That, that could all I mean honestly it's hard um from what I know, I have to say honestly, because I'm one of your LinkedIn stalkers, I know you cut your hairs, uh, when you have a successful exit or a a big success in your life, because you told that in an interview recently, and it was printed in what magazine was it? Capital, I think. Capital. Um, I get the John, uh, John Wayne story also. I've Oh, wow. Well, but you definitely have a tiger cage. You definitely have here yeah. I would say the lie is John Wayne. The lie? Know. Yeah, no. The lie is the tiger cage. I go for tiger cage. That's you the go lie. For the rest tiger of cage?
1: Okay. okay, I will uh, do something very uh, special to you. So okay. I hope that it's going to work. I'm not entirely sure, but let me stream and stuff
0: so, look at that Ta-da. <laughs> so it takes a while to share Wait, ah, exactly. a- <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah i saw so, oh. that's
1: really my tiger cage i have a friend that runs a startup with those nail neo, uh, neon signatures yeah and um, i was very happy that i was given some so the, the lie was actually the cavalry ventures the name uh wasn't uh Found by neither Rufen nor me, but by yeah. our co-founders in a, in a way I don't even know. We already, yeah,
0: Maybe they have seen a John Wayne movie. Yeah, maybe. We originally wanted to call it Voltage Ventures. Yeah. Um, and we've decided then conjointly for, for Calvary. Yeah, that was uh, the light. Okay, see, I told you I'm bad at the game. So no, no worries to be nervous when telling me lies. I cannot spot them. I'm blind on that spot. Maybe if we would have met in person and I had more body body, body language uh, stuff going on. Thank you, Dominic, for being in the show. It was a real pleasure. Uh, as I said, I learned a lot um, and I'm looking forward for uh, uh, to the DMX go in September. Thank
1: you Thank very much. Thank you, Marcus, for your time. Thanks.
0: The Online Marketing Cabin is brought to you by ImpSide, Europe's biggest WordPress agency. If you run a website or online shop or are in need of a WordPress or WooCommerce plugin, ImpSide is your go-to agency for solutions on an enterprise
1: scale.